add a bit of sunshine to your home with Easy Living Furniture's Garden Furniture Sale with stunning dining sets, cracking egg chairs and relaxing sun loungers that are in stock and ready for delivery there really is something for everyone and with an extra 10% off sale prices and free delivery over 399 now really is the time to let your garden shine Garden Sale now on Visit Easy Living Furniture Don't miss out Find your local store online at easylivingfurniture.ie Leia Healthcare It's good to live Proud sponsor of the Real Health Podcast with Carl Henry Hello and welcome to the Real Health Podcast with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. Folks, I hope all is well. Um, If you're a regular listener to the show, you'll know that from time to time I speak to famous Irish people who've had an amazing career to find out what meant the most to them and get their life lessons and pick their brains and learn from them, the highs, the lows, the good, the bad, and what we can learn from their career. On this week's episode, I'm delighted to be joined by broadcaster, household name, and legend in her own right, (laughs) Mary Kennedy. Mary, welcome to the Real Health Podcast. Lovely to be here. How's it going? How are you? Uh, good. Good, yeah. Times, um, are, times are changing after 40 years in RTE. You're I moving know. on. Yes, well, I don't really have a choice. Um, I'm staff, so uh, I'm 65. And when you get to 65 and you're staff, you have to retire. But um, yeah, I'm retiring from Nationwide because that's my day job, if you like. But I'm hoping to, you know, do other things, but at, at a different pace because, um, you know, I've got a grandson now and I suppose my priorities have changed in that uh, he's going to be living in Limerick and I want to be able to see him from time to time, not just in and out. And what age, what age is your grandson? He's eight months. Oh, my God. Yeah. I have a 10 month old, so I'm, I'm going ah. through all the, all the processes. Is it a boy or a girl? Boy. Yeah. yeah what do you call him? Alex. Alex. Yeah, it's, a great, it's, it's a great time and it yeah. makes you reassess things. Well, I, I think it puts things in perspective. Um, now, yours is your your son. This is my grandson. And I suppose my daughter and her husband are at the stage you're at where you're exhausted. I'm not exhausted. <laughs> um, I get to do the nice things. And I, and I was just thinking, you know, um, when he's uh, playing on the floor, I'm watching him and playing on the floor with him. Whereas when my children were playing on the floor, I say, OK, they're happy. I'll go and put on the dishwasher or something like that, or I'll, I'll boil the kettle. Um, and I just think it's so nice not to have that pressure to just live in the moment and to enjoy because they are such little beauties. So retirement is something that excites you, that you're looking forward to, I think, or is it something that scares you? Um, no, it doesn't scare me. No, I'm 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 I, I don't mind change. Um, I wouldn't have chosen to retire from Nationwide. I, oh, no, no, I wouldn't have chosen. Uh, I absolutely love Nationwide. I love the whole ethos of it. I love going around the country. I love meeting people. I love even the sense of anticipation when I get into the car uh, to go somewhere new, going knowing that I'm going to meet new people and uh, and also the welcome that Nationwide gets everywhere they go because our, our job is not to kind of um, try and trick people into anything. Our job is to find out what's going well for a community or a group or a person and to, to showcase that. It's a nice job to have. And how many years were you, were 15, you doing it? 15. Wow, really? Yeah. Yeah, 15. Um, I, before that, I was doing Open House with mm-hmm. Marty Whelan and uh, that, was, that, was, that was fun. And 
that went on for six years. And when it finished, um, I missed it. I missed the whole studio bit. I missed the live bit. Um, and I know now I will miss Nationwide. Uh, but like that's part of life as well. How did you get into broadcasting? Was it something you always wanted to do? Or no. Was it something that you fell into? Yeah, um, I think so. I was a. I trained as a teacher. I was a secondary school teacher in Clondalkin, where I grew up. I taught Irish and French, and I had just started full time. And I uh, saw an ad in the paper way back for though for though when they used to put ads in the papers for jobs like that. And I just kind of said, mm, "Yeah, I wonder would I get that?" And I. I just sent off an application thinking that I wouldn't get a reply um, because there was this kind of um, this belief um, that, oh, you had to know somebody to get into RTE. And I knew nobody. I didn't actually even know where RTE was in Donnybrook. Now, I, I was I had been in Belfield, but the I still didn't have a sense of Donnybrook because Donnybrook was a village and a posh village. Okay. And I'm from Clondalkin and we used to get the 51 bus into town and then the 10 straight out to the Belfield complex, which was in the 70s, a total concrete jungle. Now it's fab. Mm-hmm. And I went to lectures, the library and the running track. Those were the three places I went, got back on the number 10 and came back to Clondalkin. So I didn't know anything about RTE, but I applied and then I got to the next stage and the next stage and the next stage. And I suppose I had this um, feeling that people would say, you know, who does she think she is? Like I'm convent educated where you were told don't get above your station, you know, that kind of a way. That was the way it was back then. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, that's how I, that's to answer your question in a very long-winded uh, way. That's how I ended up doing part-time work. I was teaching and doing part-time continuity, which was announcing the different mm-hmm. programmes. And then little bits would come along, you know, and then... Um, when did you decide to make the big leap then? Well, I, it, it was kind of gradual um, because I took a career break when my third child was born and during that career break, I uh, was doing a little bit of news reading, uh, just a few hours a day because you know, the children were small. And then um, the Eurovision came along and I had been a fan of the Eurovision. I'd been a fan since Dana won in 1970 because we used to sit and watch it as a family. Um, and uh, then it came to Ireland. Well, first of all, in 1981, uh, when it was in the RDS and Michelle Rocca and um, Pat Kenny. No, uh, sorry, in 1981 when Dyrne Nivreen presented it, um, I was an understudy and I just got bitten by the bug. So when it came back um, in 1993, um, I auditioned and I didn't get it. (laughs) And then we won again. So in 1994, I auditioned and I didn't get it. And then in 1995, I think they... They felt sorry for me and said, oh, Chambers, she's still there. We better give it to her. So you're de- you're determined then? Well, without a doubt. yes. You can hear it in your voice when you talk about basically anything, to be honest. But you, well, you, you have a determination in you. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, um, that was, I suppose, the turning point. I said, OK, well, let's give this a go. Um, but uh, yeah, determined, well, kind of conscientious, I would say, conscientious. Um, people sometimes say to me, are you ambitious? And I'm not ambitious. I'm really not ambitious because I temper uh, the things I would go for um, by the the other needs in my life. And the, the needs at that time were about around children and um, I was separating. So, you know, I didn't, didn't want to take on something that would take me away from uh, home too much. So... I, I don't think I'm 
uh, ambitious. But when I get into something, I can be very competitive and determined, as you say. Do you get nervous? When it comes to the likes of the Eurovision, all I think of is the quantity of numbers who watch, particularly at that time when it was a real, I remember sitting down watching all of those shows as a family. It was what you did. It was a huge, huge, not that it still isn't, it is, of course, but particularly then it was a huge thing. How do you prepare for something like that Um, mentally as well as assiduously? I mean, there was no stone left unturned. There was a big kind of army of people in RTE who were... uh, taking, you know, taking care and preparing and, um, you know, you'd go for French conversation classes. But I had lived in France for a year, so I really enjoyed the the conversation classes. And then you would go through the the, the mock uh, scoreboards and every kind of car crash that could happen was put to you. Um, and then like the, the week in the po- it was the point then, uh, like everything was rehearsed so well. It was it was an absolute thrill. I, I actually felt um, it, it was an honour and a privilege. I felt I was representing RTE, but in a way also you're representing your country, mm-hmm. you know. So um, it was lovely because there were uh, gatherings and parties that you go to and be there to represent the, the station and your family and, you know, that kind of thing. It was it was an absolute joy. And I actually don't think I was... <laughs> the whole crew were hugely... Um, nervous. I can remember um, Gary Kavanagh was doing mm-hmm. my hair and he, his hand was shaking. <laughs> and I said, Gary, relax, relax. We've done this before. And um, people doing makeup were kind of you know, afraid it would be smudged. Uh, They'll get on the dress. And I think when that happens, you kind of, uh, I'm not, I don't get too stressed and I don't get too worked up. So, no, I don't think I was hugely nervous. I also concentrated on little pockets of people, as you describe your family sitting watching their telly. Not kind of 800 million in one go. You know, that would be a bit awe-inspiring. <laughs> so you manage stress very well, or you seem to. And being Sometimes. Bit, sometimes. Yeah. What, what's, well, what stresses you then? Well, um, I don't kind of uh, stress much now. And I certainly don't stress about... Because some people would say, well, you know, you're heading into retirement. And I don't have like a 40-year pension. I've only been staff for 15 years. And people mm-hmm. say, oh, God. You know, but I, I never... And I think I was brought up like that. We never had much in Clondalk. And um, I never stress about money. I always feel that, you know, there's there's always things you can do. Um, uh, but um, I did put, I, I stress, I'd say, if I have something that I know I've just stretched myself too much and I'm going to have to be, it's going to take me a while to get from A to B. I hate to be late. Um, and I did kind of go through a period where I took on too much and I suffered a bit, uh, of now, I don't call it burnout because I know burnout is a very serious condition, and people can take up to two years to recover from it. But I did get to a stage where I was definitely running on empty. I was, um, and I did have some of the symptoms. It was uh, the summer of 2017. I wasn't sleeping. I had these little um, shortness of breath, almost like as if you're going to have a hiccup and then you don't. This kind of <gasps> That weird and uh, palpitations. And I I phoned um, my GP because I just was a little bit, I said, I'm having these symptoms. He says, are you stressed about anything? And I said, no, I don't think so. But that's when you have to take stock. And then all of a sudden, I suppose the, the, the pivotal moment was I was at home and I was listening to Ryan Tuberty and he was interviewing a 28-year-old woman who was working in marketing and was talking about the fact that really in her company, uh, 
you know, if you left work at half five or six, it was frowned on. I said, this is that is madness. But she felt that and she threw it all up and she went to Portugal and she opened a coffee shop. And she was describing the same symptoms. And I said, hang on here now, Mary. Okay, you know, I think work-life balance is so important. So that was a wake-up call to address your your work-life balance. Yes. And um, I did make a few changes. Well, first of all, I took two weeks off. Um, A whole two weeks. A whole two weeks. (laughs) No, but Carl, a whole two weeks without going somewhere. Okay. And my kids said, you won't last two weeks. You won't last two weeks here at home without going somewhere. Um, Now, Maybe I did, maybe I didn't, but I was very, I was very laid back. And I also did the the technology thing, you know, not checking the phone in the bedroom last thing at night, because that is totally addictive and it just wakes you up. Of course. And then you lie there and you say, why can't I sleep? And, and I drink decaf tea now going to bed instead of, because I love tea. Okay, so simple lifestyle changes helped you Very to recharge the batteries better because you weren't. Yeah, but also to take stock yeah. and not to kind of uh, run to that degree. I think it's very important. I think um, I think it's all very fine for people to say, oh, yes, I'm, I'm in a very high powered job and oh, yeah, I'm happy to stay on till 11 o'clock at night. Um, that's very impressive if you're kind of charging up a career ladder, but you you pay for it. I really do think you pay for it. I have huge regard for people who just um, set their 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 standards. If you like and say, okay, I want to be able to pay my mortgage. I want to be able to go on a holiday. I want to be able to pay for my children to go to art classes or ballet classes or whatever. Um, But I also want to be able to take them to those art classes and those ballet classes. It's not like you're you're loads of money and not having the time to be kind of cash rich and time poor, I think is the worst case scenario. So it's finding out for you what was important for you and establishing those kind of boundaries. Yeah, but I'd also be prepared to give advice to people who think that that, that uh, being that cash rich is is OK for them. I, yeah. I don't think anybody gets away scot-free with it. I think you pay in the end. Like how many people have you met who are uh, really kind of um, well known maybe and very wealthy and coming maybe to the end of their careers and saying, yeah, but like I wasn't there when the kids were going to school. Yeah. I mean, it's just so sad because really in the in the end of the day, it's about relationships. It's about the way you connect with people, the way you spend your time with people. It's not about racing to a meeting at seven o'clock in the morning, being on a, oh, no. But it's very hard to kind of take that on because people feel that that is very impressive. We are impressed by people who do that. And was learning to say no something that came with that kind of control or that that realignment of of what was important for you? And, you know, it is hard to say no when you're asked by somebody to maybe emcee an event that's for a charity and a fundraiser. And I love doing it, but you have to kind of, I had to, um, realise that you can't do them all. You have to pick your favourites. And um, there are some, like, I mean, I, I uh, work with the, the Vincent de Paul in my own parish. I think it's important to be part of your community if you can and if you want to. Um, myself and Marty Whelan, uh, from the very beginning, have been patrons of the Family Carers Ireland, used to be the Carers Association. And there's one or two others, like, um, I love uh, helping out Debbie Deegan. She's a woman I admire greatly. Um uh, A.D. Roach and do anything for A.D. Roach um, well anyway no matter what it's very hard to say no to A.D. Roach <laughs> but you have to 
Peter McVerry, I love doing something for his charity every year. Um, and it would be lovely to be able to do, to say yes all the time, but it's just not. Like, Especially one, once you've hit burnout and, and you know what that feels like, you realise that you have to mind... There's a huge quantity of minding that, is, that you have yeah, to do. Yeah, because like mental well-being is as important as physical well-being. And I mean, obviously, you're the expert in physical well-being. But I do feel that um, we have to pay attention to the other aspect of our health. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, people are talking about it more. And, you know, I mean, I, for one, I'm a person who... Um, engages in counselling, you know, and I go once a month. Now, obviously, I began going at a time of uh, turmoil Mm -hmm. in my life. But when that moment had passed, a lot of people say, "Okay, that's it. That's fine. Um, I continued and I I go once a month and I just find it so uh, therapeutic, which is the way it's supposed to be. But also it gives an ease. It gives um, a feeling of self. Um, and it's incredible the 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 things that you learn about yourself when you're not trying to deal with a crisis that you're there just to discuss. Um, and what I have learned is um, that the, the mental health is so, so important and keeping it good, if you can, is uh, is it's just a gift. And like what I've learned about myself is also that um, when you explore your inner self and your mental health, you you are able to have the confidence and the courage to show vulnerability. And when you show vulnerability, you know, like even there's a lot of people wouldn't admit to going to counselling. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's good for me and I think it's good for other people to to hear it from somebody like me. To have someone on our show who is open to say to saying that is epic. For that reason, because it takes the stigma away from it, it takes the fear yeah. from people listening mm-hmm. in, mm-hmm. and the ability to talk and listen yeah. is incredibly powerful. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, that's you know that's what counselling is: it's you talking, someone listens and guides you along to talk about stuff you may not want to talk about, mm-hmm. and it's incredibly mm-hmm. powerful yeah. and not to be feared in any way, shape, or form. No, it's 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 a positive thing. It really is a positive thing, and. Uh, yeah, it gives me a sense of well-being in the same way as exercise would give me as a sense of well-being. But well, I was going to say for for different reasons, but no, not for different reasons because I like to. It I, it used to be running, now it's jogging. But um, it gives me obviously I it's the box ticked, <laughs> but also it it's good for my mental well-being. It just is, you know. I feel better after I go out for a, a run. I just do, you know. Folks, you're listening to the Real Health Podcast in association with Leia Healthcare with me, Carl Henry. I really hope you're enjoying this as much as I am. Um, when I asked Mary to come on, I was really cheeky on Twitter. I sent her a DM and she said she was going to come in. I rang Dara, my producer, straight away, all giddy and hyper, uh, purely because it's such, it's so interesting getting to chat to people like yourself. It's fascinating. I'm going to talk about running in a minute. I'm going to get to that in a little bit. I want to uh, just chat about career highs and lows. I know the Eurovision must be won by this, just listening to you talk about it already, but are there a couple of sound and things career-wise that you look back on and you think that was just I loved that or you know yeah well there are and I suppose because um, I'm at this point uh, where I'm you know about to move on from Nationwide I have been thinking about it and I, I um, the, the very first time I ever went to the developing world was 
because I was asked to go and do the commentary on the funeral of Mother Teresa in Calcutta. And that was 1997. And um, I went with Father Dermot McCarthy, who was head of religious programmes uh, in RT at the time. Now, he'd been, he was one of the people who uh, did all those Ryark films in Africa and he knew the place. For me, it was like landing on another planet. I will never forget it. I remember... Uh, everything about it, the noise, the, the, the smells, the Dermot telling me, um, just eat things that you can peel and do not use the anything other than bottled water. And that was all new to me. But it, it started with me a huge um, appreciation and regard for uh, the developing world, actually the countries, they are so beautiful um, and the people and the simplicity. And I have uh, been back so many times and I do credit that trip to India to to cover um, Mother Teresa's funeral as having introduced. That is a huge high point because I've also sh- uh, been able to persuade um, Nationwide to go and do a few programmes in Africa, you know, which kind of comes, I suppose, out of passion and interest. Um, so that would be, uh, yes. Um, I I really enjoy, I love the commentaries. I love, but that's because, as you say, I'm very determined. And I'm also conscientious and I suppose a little bit studious. I love being given like a brief um, for a commentary, um, be it a state funeral or most recently Lord Restham Gay Burns funeral. Um, and you take your reams and you bring them home and I sit at the kitchen table with my highlighter and just go through it item by item and piece by piece. Uh, And there's a great satisfaction then when you feel that you've, you know, paid homage to whatever that event was. That would be a highlight. Um, I... Highlights for me with regard to Nationwide would be the at-homes. I loved doing at-homes. And um, one that I, I... uh, I loved uh, Big Tom, Big Tom and the Mainliners. Mm-hmm. He was such a, he was so funny. And he died, well, I, we went and did, I did it with his, him and his wife. And both of them um, had died within the year. So it's, it was lovely. And we were able to put it out again then afterwards as a kind of a tribute to him. Um, and like, this is a real person who's living, never really moved away from where he grew up in Castle Blaney. And, um, but like he's an icon, an absolute icon of country music here in Ireland, but also around the world. Um, and to just kind of appreciate the simplicity of the man, the humour of the man um, and the, the huge talent and skill um, and, you know, the humanity uh, was that will be a highlight for me as well. And flip but there were so many. I don't like to kind of single anybody out yeah, particularly, yeah. you know. And I'm going to flip that in terms to career. Lows is probably the, probably the wrong word, but tough times and how you dealt with them. In broadcasting? Yeah, over the course of the last 40 years. Uh, I enjoyed or were every... There, were there no, any? No, I enjoyed every single thing I did. I mean, obviously, you'd be very nervous in the very, in the very beginning. I was. I was shaking going in to make a simple 10-second announcement. Um, but uh, no, I mean... Well, like maybe um, when I went for the audition for the new revision, and you have to cope with rejection and failure. Yeah. I um, and was what, very sad when I was uh, no longer 
um, take kept on as the presenter of Up for the Match. But that was a fine. That was fine as well. Like change is good. They wanted uh, somebody else. Grania Shoiga did a fabulous job. Um, but like you just have to take those on the chin. Um, nothing lasts forever. Myself and Marty were both very sad when Open House finished. And in actual fact, that summer, um, our dog. Patch was the dog in the Abbey as part of the Chakron. And um, I can remember giving an interview because, you know, there was a lot of interest in the fact that Open House was was finishing. And a headline in one of the, the, the papers was, I must have given them the line, obviously, was that for that summer, uh, the only person working in Mary Kendi's house was the dog. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was in the Abbey every night. <laughs> so you're an optimist then, without a doubt. Yeah, I, I do. Uh, try to live in the moment. Yeah. I'm I'm happy. I'm happy. The the French have an expression, je suis bien dans ma peau. I'm happy in my skin. Um, and like, I'm quite calm. I uh, love um, the fact that I love this age that I'm at. And I love it because I am healthy, thank God. And um, I work on fitness. Um and, um, you know, my, my kids are grown up and two of them are married. They're they're all, um, you know, they've all got jobs. They're all healthy. I mean, those are great gifts. And I know from having done stories with people who maybe have a, a sick child, that is absolutely heartbreaking. Um, so I'm very grateful for what I have. And I like people. I like... I like traveling. I like I love going around the country. My sister lives on the Aran Islands. I love going over to spend time there with her, you know, and she's a very good influence because she's very she's into Celtic spirituality and yoga and things like that. So um, there's always little moments like that when we go over to her. Very cool. Yeah, she's yeah, she's yeah. And she's got friends over there who are equally into um you know, yoga and mindfulness and swimming in the cold water. That's one thing I don't <laughs> join her with. <laughs> they're hardy, me, they're hardy be, souls over there. They're hardy, islands. yeah. It meets the Mediterranean or nothing. <laughs> For sure. As we chat, I've been admiring the Fitbit on your wrist. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm competitive about that. It doesn't surprise me. Chat to me about health then. So you mentioned you used the running was something you did, you know, 40 years ago out in Belfield. You still run uh, to this day. So let's talk about health and exercise. Um, yeah, well, I'd, I'd be conscious of it. I mean, there are, mo- there are periods, there have been periods where it's just been so busy um, where you just haven't had time to get out and go for a run. And... I I don't like that, you know. I only go three times a week, but I'd like to do it early in the morning um, uh, because then it's done and you know it's done. And also I get tired and I, you know, I do anything to put it off then otherwise. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, it's important. I mean, my father died uh, of a heart attack playing golf at the age of 59. Now I'm 65. I've already lived six years more than he has. And, um, you know, that's that's something that registers with me because it was an, an absolute, uh, like, a catastrophic loss to our family. You know, and I just couldn't, I can't countenance if anybody that I know and love um, were to have died. I'm very lucky that all of my kind of peers are still healthy and, you know, but I think we have more of a um, an awareness of health 
and the necessity to eat healthily. Not all the time, mm-hmm. you know, I reckon... 80-20 is the, is the, is the approach, yeah. 80% of the time you say healthy and 20% you have it's the Monday, treat. Monday to Thursday. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Um, yeah, that's the way I would I would view it. It is important, but I think, um, like, what, they, what does they say? All things in moderation, yeah, especially moderation. And the, the Fitbit works for you then, because even from chatting to you now, I could, you're competitive way without a doubt. You like the measure of it, I would imagine, and, and the challenge of having yeah. to hit a certain number of. Oh yeah, and um, like I, I got it as a Christmas present from my friend Anita last, uh, uh, not last Christmas, the Christmas before, and um, yeah, I used to have it on my phone, but then you you wouldn't have your phone necessarily with you when you'd be going out walking or, um, yeah. So like I, I do, I like to definitely get over the 10 and um, I remember um, I was over with my son for his 30th I went over to see him in Melbourne and um, one day we did 24,000 steps because just walking around and I said yes and you know you just get a kind of a kick out of that yeah setting a goal hitting a target and overachieving the target there's a lovely there's a lovely sense of of, of, winning in that well if I do nothing tomorrow it's fine (laughs) (laughs) let's try social media then so I was fascinated to to see how active you are on Twitter. It's You're incredibly very spasmodic, it. like it's sporadic. I'm not. Um, sometimes I can be very active. Well, you know, it's it's we're expected to promote our program, and uh, and we do. We all, my I do, and does. Um, some of the independent producers that work with us do as well. Yeah, we, we're expected to. But I actually love. Um, I, I love photographs, so I tend to go now onto Instagram and then put Twitter on it as well. Okay. So there's, you know, uh, so it's both. Um, I I find it very gentle, um, and uh, yeah, I I like Instagram particularly. Have you ever had a negative experience on either? Oh platform? yeah, not everybody doesn't doesn't love you, you know. I mean that kind of thing. Uh, no, n- nothing on never on Instagram. I don't think it's possible, really. I don't. I actually don't think it's possible. Yeah. It's it's so. Twitter's far more a platform of opinion. Yeah. Than, than yeah. Instagram by yeah. a mile. Yeah. And how do you handle that then? I just uh, ignore it. Okay. Absolutely ignore it because all you're doing is adding fuel to the fire. Definitely not. And that's what people want, you know, as a reaction. So, no. Okay. Is there anything in terms of, as you look at society now, if you were to, you know, give advice to your 20-year-old self starting out or, you know, people listening in in terms of life and in terms of the lessons that you've learned, are there anything that sticks out in terms of advice that you would give them? From my own point of view. Yeah, well, just from, 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 from a life lived, a fantastic life lived and a, a fantastic um, well, career. Well, c- certainly, um, I uh, was very uh, self-conscious. Um, but like we're talking like a different Ireland, you know, as I, as I said to you, when we were leaving school, the advice from um, our nuns, who were very caring people, was... Like, don't get above yourself. You know, like that's where is it's different. I think a, 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 like a balance is good. Um, I would certainly feel that I I was very hard on myself. Um, I thought I could always do better. I thought I I thought I was fat. And when I look back at photographs, I was anything but. 
but but that uh, but that's that's true. I did really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I don't because I didn't have the, the the kind of the figure that you would be seeing on magazines or on top of the pops or things like that. You know, uh, yeah. But and I, and I I do think that is something I would say to people because I I see it with my um you know with my my own daughters. They might look back at a photograph of ten years ago and say, "Gosh, you know." I didn't look bad then, did I? <laughs> um, and it's just, I think it's ingrained in us mm-hmm. to just be hard on ourselves. I would definitely say to uh, people to strike that work-life balance. Um, and like career ambition is good, but it should be measured and not kind of extremist. I just like there's an awful lot of hot air around things like that and it's very hard to reach a pinnacle um, and therefore one can be disappointed so I think as I said earlier that would be my advice to have um, to have enough but not to be greedy Um, and also to young mothers and I say it to my own daughter um, not to be rushing off to fill the dishwasher because the baby is happy playing with something. No, the dishwasher will f- be filled at some point or the, wa- the clothes will be washed at some stage. But I know I was guilty of that. I would say, OK, they're happy now. Ding, ding, ding. Three jobs done. I'm back. Mm-hmm. And then take off, take take over the duties again rather than just enjoy the moment. Because I really do feel it's about connection with people. It's what makes life worthwhile. And to enjoy every stage, um, because uh, I, 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 I don't espouse this belief that, you know, to be beautiful, you have to be young and to, to kind of try to hold on to this. Um, I heard somebody um, talking on social media recently about there was a, a headline in the paper uh, advice. I think it might have been a supplement even on uh, advice to women on how to age gracefully. Why should we age gracefully? Like I, I uh, and she, she I'm, I'm, I'm not taking the credit for this. She said, I've never seen a headline uh, showing men how to age gracefully. <laughs> Duh. Um, I think age is a lovely thing because there's a huge experience and there's a huge wisdom and there's now an energy around it. There's an ex- there's um, a quote that I've used in some because I, I write books, but I like to include quotes in them. And one this one was first you are young, then you are middle aged, then you are old. Now you are beautiful because you are an accumulation of all of the, the different stages in life. And, you know, it's, 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 there's a wholeness to it, which I think is nice. If there's one word I can use to summarise the last kind of 30 minutes or so, it's, the, uh, or it's contentment. Yeah. You've got an amazing air of just someone who's incredibly content with what they've done and content with themselves yeah. as they are. And well, if we can strive to achieve even half of the contentment that you have, I think we're all doing really, really well because it's fantastic to hear. Yeah, I do feel very content and I am very content, but I'm also very grateful. And I'm also uh, very aware that I had great opportunities and I I relish every one of them. You know, um, going to 
interesting places in Ireland, being welcomed by different communities, going to different parts of the world um, and being afforded these opportunities by the, the work that I've done. So, yeah. And also being invited to, to write a book, to come in here, all of those things, you know. If people want to follow you on social media, I know I do, but uh, <laughs> what, what are your, your, your handles for Twitter, for Instagram? I think um, I think Instagram is, I think Instagram is at Mary Kendi RTE okay. and I think Twitter is the reverse could it be no Kennedy Mary I knew there was a reverse thing okay, yeah. so Kennedy Mary on Twitter I and think. Mary Kennedy but don't RTE you, can't you just go Instagram. into the little magnifying glass and put and in the name it. And it. you can so oh, folks if you're listening in you can also do that and uh, trust me the old fashioned way <laughs> I followed Mary's accounts for a long time they're well worth they're well worth following uh, and in terms of the book uh, tell us a bit about that well, I, I haven't got a book at the moment. I've, I've written five books yeah. and um, they're all kind of reflections and they're on the different stages, like um, the, the, they're like on the different stages of life. And I've been very uh, lucky to have been invited by Hachette to write these books. Um, the the uh, I've won like on middle age, one on empty nests, one on, um, you know, um, the the last one which came out this time last year was called uh, Home Thoughts from the Heart you know so it's just that kind of thing the one before that was uh, What Matters Reflections on Important Things in Life you know, those kind of things just whatever So folks if you like uh, what you've heard on the podcast <laughs> over the course of the last half are you, and all, available in all good bookstores and I'm sure online too you can have a look at some of Mary's books Mary Kennedy I have to say that was a joy of a 35 minute well, chat. I enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Thank you Carl. so much for coming in. I, 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 when I sent that DM, I said, I fingers crossed you'll come in and you have done. Folks, that is all for this week's episode of the Real Health Podcast in association with Leia Healthcare with me, Carl Henry. I really hope that you've enjoyed it and you've taken so much from the episode. As I said, I think the word to summarize it is contentment because it just, it, you can hear it in Mary's voice as she talks. And I think if we can all strive to have even half of that contentment in our voice and in our in our lives, we'll be doing really, really well. Um, as ever, you know where we are on Twitter and on Instagram. It's at CarlHenryPT. You can send us an email. It's realhealth.independent.ie. And don't forget to rate and review as ever. And we'll see you next week. Thanks, Emil. Salon. Leia Healthcare. It's good to live. Proud sponsor of the Real Health Podcast with Carl Henry.